Hi, welcome back to Harlem Stories. My name is Adam Feinberg, and today I've got Mark Becker as a guest host. Hey, Adam. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here with you. All right. So Mark has been on a couple episodes, so we're going to just skip into you know, the, uh, you know our, our storyline today. Today we're going to talk about Graham Court. And, you know, if, if you ever walked past 116th Street, 16th Street, see this huge, you know, tower of a building, you know, on 116th and Adam Clayton Powell, uh, you'll notice that there's this building that looks kind of familiar. And you're scratching your head, why does this look so familiar? And you might think about it and like, you know what, this reminds me of the Apthorpe or the Bell Nord on the Upper West Side. The Apthorpe being on 79th and Broadway, the Bell Nord at, is, is on um, 86th between Broadway and Amsterdam. We were talking in a previous episode of the value of between Broadway and Amsterdam. Certainly this is one of those inner courtyard buildings we're talking about. And for anybody that isn't already aware, the Bell Nord has been in pop culture quite a bit recently. So anybody that's watched that show, Only Murderers in the Buildings on Hulu, uh, the Bell Nord is featured prominently in the show and actually is almost the equivalent of a character in the show. Uh, wow. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about this and the, and the Astor family you know, themselves. Um, and you really can't talk about old New York without talking into you know, a, a, just a handful of influential wealthy families. Uh, today, the focus will be on the Astors, and we're drilling down into one specific building, Graham Court. Um, but a lot of people don't necessarily know the Astors, but they, they kind of do. And, you know, like, for instance, Mark, what, what might people tie into the Astor? Well, know? there are a number of, uh, I mean, Astor Place, so, which is kind of the equivalent of, what, 8th Street down uh, by the NYU campus and there. And Cooper Union, of course, <coughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cooper. I don't know if there. I mean, you could tell me if there's a tie-in. I, I honestly don't know. Astoria, Queens. I don't know. There, if there is, and Astoria, yeah. Oregon, as well. Yeah, yeah. So the Astors are uh, they're all over the place, and I, and I guess they showed up at the right time when when New York City was really becoming a uh, a prominent place on the map. Yeah, uh, John Astor, the the family patriarch. Uh, he was actually originally, uh, and, and there's some real interesting factoids here. Uh, we get into his background. He originally made uh, uh, quite a bit, a, a significant amount of money uh, in, in fur trading. Mm. And, you know, he, he was absolutely legitimate in that. Until then, he decided to branch out into other, you know, into other fields and actually became uh, New York's first infamous drug dealer. Huh. <laughs> and, uh, and and became known as because he was selling opium to the to China and and the Chinese and you know made a significant amount of money and decided at some point that he wanted to get out of the illicit trade and you know uh, go legit again and uh, that's when he started investing and started buying up Manhattan real estate and Manhattan property. Mm. Um, ultimately, on his deathbed, one of the things that he said he's like if I could do it all over again he's like i just continue to buy more new york real estate well so this should be the mantra of basically every new york city real estate agent uh as a, and this was back in the in the mid 1840s well that's one of the things that i was telling clients throughout the whole covid thing is it's like new york city's been around for 400 years you know you really expect this place to go away because of uh, you know some people got to leave the city for a little while for for COVID or whatever, so it really speaks to the lasting nature of New York. 
And I think the next time we have some sort of scare, the reality is it, it, took, us, it, it took us less than a year to have the vaccine, sure. an effective vaccine. So, you know, the next time we wind up going through this, and I think, you know, with climate change and all, it wouldn't be surprising if we do go through these kind of events again. You know, the reality is, you know, we'll, we'll find a way through it. We will come back. You know, we'll, we endure tough times. In any case, though, um, you know, this is really the mantra of New York is New York, you know, is always a good investment. You know, so even in times where maybe it's not necessarily optimal or, or perceived as optimal, it will come back. Right. And, you know, John, uh, John Astor, you know, really hit the nail on the head and he really knew what he was doing. His family ultimately became heavy involved in real estate, uh, you know, as well. Um, and, you know, the family benefited in such massive ways. Now, the other way that the public winds up knowing the Astor family name, anybody that's seen the movie Titanic, uh, well, uh, John Jacob Astor and his wife unfortunately perished in the, Titan- the sinking of the Titanic. Mm. And if you've seen the movie, you've seen that they, you know, went down together and um, um, which actually wasn't the, the way it actually happened in real life. But uh, in any case, the reality came down to is that, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, the Astor you know, family is well known throughout history, uh, throughout pop culture, and, you know, also the Waldorf Astoria ties back to the same family as well. And we'll get a little bit more into that as uh, in, in trivia as well, because I think there's some really interesting stories there. Um, but most important, you know, in, in this is that, you know, ultimately, uh, John Jacob Astor, who did uh, drown in the Titanic, his body was recovered, and he now permanently rests in Trinity Cemetery, uh, which is in the northern portion of Hamilton Heights, right on the Washington Heights border. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it really, you know, kind of, you know, ties back to the historical nature of, you know, of old New York. Um, and, and, you know, his, his relatives, John Jacob Astor's relatives, uh, also include the Shemmerhorns and anybody that's watched the movie Gangs of New York are, would have heard of them. There's a street in Brooklyn. And of course there's the street in Brooklyn. Shemmer, I used yeah. to live right by there. In fact, they've, they've seen a lot of development over the last decade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So these old New York families, they kind of knew what they were doing before they realized what trendsetters that they were going to eventually become. Um, and then and you look into like firm, you know, further family connections, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt and other prominent early families in the U.S. Um, so William Waldorf Astor, Astor, and I always say this Astoria, William Waldorf Astor, um, it was John Jacob Astor's uh, cousin, and they were rivals for a long time, and they. Uh, they both ran their own hotels, and eventually they joined forces at some point, buried the hatchet, and they built the combined, the Waldorf Historia Hotel. Wow. Now, they were actually connected via a footbridge. They were, like, across the street from each other, uh, and they ultimately wound up needing to move. And when they sold the property, ironically, there is now an iconic building of the New York City skyline that's rested there for a long time, not one of the new skyscrapers, but ultimately the original location of the Waldorf Astoria is now in the place where the uh, Empire State Building now now sits. Mm. So, you know, again, this is all awesome old New York trivia, but, you know, pretty cool in that that aspect. 
in in going back to a little bit some more of the development aspects on this on the upper west side in 1904 there was a lot of development being fueled uh and even as you go further north as well uh because of the the expansion of the new york city subway lines um and as a result like it just spe- it created this speculative boom that ultimately that was going to stretch into a very long time and created some absolutely spectacular uh uh you know, properties, mm. you know, a, a lot of wealthy Manhattanites, they love the elegancy of the single family townhomes and they weren't exactly being lured, you know, by the idea of, of apartment living. So th- in order to be persuaded to live on top of one another, they had to have something special. They wanted, you know, beautiful entrances, spacious rooms, lots of light and air and yards that served as gardens. And Astros came up with this, you know, beautiful solution, an introverted palazzo. And the center of the building was hollowed out and created this large courtyard surrounded by perimeter walls. Um, this garden created a lot, a tremendous amount of light and air to all the apartments, uh, along with this European ambiance. And that was something that was just really highly valued sure. in the early 20th century. But not only that, it created this social setting for being seen and, and, and you know, for seeing and being seen. Um, and had the additional added effect of being a bit intimidating to those that weren't inside the walls. So, you know, the first one of these interior courtyard buildings uh, built by the Astors uh, was Graham Court in Harlem, and that was built by William Waldorf Astor. And Graham Court it still exists today, so if you're walking along 116th Street and Adam Clayton Powell, you'll see this very familiar-looking building, and if you peek in through the gates, you know, as you're going north on Adam Clayton from 116th, mid-block between 116 and 117, is this grand uh, gates uh, followed by this, you know, uh, you know, I forgot what they call those kind of tiling, uh, but it's like this interlock diagonal tiling, uh, Gustavino tiles, I think is what they call mm. it. And the Gustavino tiles are basically what you're going to see in a lot of these higher end. You might see them in churches or... or it's kind of a herringbone pattern. Kind of a herringbone pattern, exactly. Sure. And and it was called Gustavino tiling. And you saw this beautiful, beautiful entrant, uh, entryway over there. Uh, and that kind of brought you into into the the center setting of it. Now, Graham Court was the first of these of these court, interior courtyard buildings built, and Graham Court was absolutely spectacular at the time. Um, and and ultimately, it was the predecessor to what now most people know as you know as the Apthorpe, which is uh, at between 78th and 79th and Broadway. Uh, and takes up the entire block uh, between Broadway and West End, you know, between 78th and, and 79th. Um, and it's beautiful. And, and I think if you can't try and count the number of celebrities that have lived in the Althorpe over the years, I think you'd, you'd start losing count pretty quick. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it just, it, it's been the inspiration for plenty of actors and writers, you know, uh, over the years. But, you know, just all walks of life and, you know, many people have been, you know, very successful that have lived in there. And today <laughs> it has the luxury pricing to, to reflect that, yeah. of course. Um, but, but also the Bell Nord, and I had mentioned, you know, Bell, Morton, Bell Nord, uh, which is at 86 between Broadway and Amsterdam. And again, it's one of these, you know, block long buildings, interior courtyard, 
currently featured in Only Murderers in the Buildings and absolutely, you know, just as beautiful. I know that converted to Is that condos. a good show, by the way? I'm sorry? Is that a good show? I've enjoyed the show. It's Selena Gomez. And Selena Gomez. Steve Martin. And Steve Martin. Sure. I, it, it was, you know, I figured I'm like, you know what? Uh, these guys are, you know, seemingly they haven't really been doing much for many years. But, man, <laughs> they have not lost their edge at all. Uh, they are absolutely hysterical, but the show is actually entertaining as well. I really enjoyed the show. I, I might be a little biased because I, you know, I love these buildings and and all that. But honestly, yeah. you know, I did think you know very, you know, I, I had a really great time watching the show. Uh, my mom was kind of surprised when I introduced it to her, and she's like, she's like, when's the next season coming? So yeah. <laughs> obviously, she enjoyed it as well. Um, in any case, um, Graham Court, it was opened in 1901. It was designed as this Italian Renaissance palazzo by architects Clinton and Russell. 93 apartments, um, but that is actually under dispute because I've seen it published as also 100 apartments. I'm uh, wondering if there have been combinations you know, from the original design. Uh, takes up the full length of 7th Avenue from 116th to 117th. Only eight stories, but it does create kind of an, this imposing kind of feel. Hmm. Uh, limestone facade, and that, again, goes back to that kind of imposing, you know, almost like tower-like. If you look at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, it's also that limestone, you know, big, heavy brick uh, type of design. Uh, that Gustavino tile, arch tile design that I mentioned as well. Um, so all this, you know, very, very high-end feeling, luxury. Kind of makes you wonder how they uh, physically were able to to do that with those huge bricks. It's almost like the pyramids in Egypt. Like, <laughs> how, did, how did they pull that off? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I But obviously they did it, and they did it to perfection. Building is still standing today despite what, what happened over the years and you know, as as New York City declined in the fifties, late fifties, you know, sixties, seventies, yeah. you know, th- this became you know kind of rough. The the building became kind of rough. Um, it was originally stated to be eight hundred rooms, uh, disputed number of apartments, but apartments were huge, six to eleven rooms with servants' quarters. Every apartment had a fireplace. Some had as many as four fireplaces. That's amazing. Um, so I mean, this was at one point. Um, because of what you know, the ra- how New York had become ravaged, it at one point almost became an HDFC. Um, Let me ask you a question. Yeah, if I've always wondered this, if you have a fireplace in New York City, does the smoke have to travel through the fireplaces of the floors above you? How does that work? I don't know the technicals of it, but I do know that for the most part, most New Yorkers have wound up closing their fireplaces because of the flu. So I'm guessing there is some sort of component to that, uh, to what degree that I'm not quite sure, um, you know, and, and how that is engineered. But... You know, but uh, you know, not only maintaining that flu was expensive, but I know that there were a lot of compliance things, which is why you don't see very many buildings with active fireplaces anymore. Or they've been converted to gas, and you know, yeah. you know, to that's useless. Yeah. So I mean, ultimately, that kind of dis- I could just stand in my oven and light the pilot. I just stand there and watch the gas. I mean, that's that's not very interesting. To yeah. Have a gas fire. I mean, no but, offense if you're working with clients who are looking for a gas fireplace. I right. Don't want to, 
you know, some might just want it more as a styling design, you know, yeah, to yeah. Fill, fill, you know, center of the living room. But well, it's visually nice to look at fire. Yeah, it's calming. but it's not, but not the same as a wood burning fireplace. No, definitely, I not. get it. I get it. And in townhouses, you you might see the, the possibility of that more more often than condos and co-ops. Yeah. Um, every once in a blue, blue moon, I might come across that. So, you know, it gives you an idea just of how high-end luxury this this building really was, um, and and you know, time had ravaged it over the years. It was uh, it's been captured in a few different movies, um, the most uh, prominent of uh, of which. Uh, and part, it became the Carter Apartments in New Jack City, hmm. uh, which <laughs> not exactly the best look for the building, but it was it was the realistic setting for it, uh, which ba- basically became uh, a, a crack den and you know, and headquarters for the crack for Crack Central. Hmm. Um, but uh, in later movies, it was when it wound up being used in Jungle Fever. Um, and sh- the movie Sugar Hill with Wesley Snipes. Now, ironically, Sugar Hill is uh, probably a- a- about 30 blocks north of there, uh, and 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 a few blocks to the west. Uh, but you know, but Sugar Hill, you know, uh, used the building as part uh, of, you know, its filming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and in this, uh, I mentioned in the 1960s and 70s, um, it was it, it pretty run down. It was landmarked in '84. Um, and, and at one point, the tenants could, took control and on track to converting uh, the building into in, an income-restricted co-op, uh, which are known as HDFCs. Well, to, we're actually going to have an entire episode on, on HDFCs coming up uh, that I've written that we haven't recorded yet. Um, but the, the Astor families, you know, as I mentioned over here, um, um, actually, I should just finish that last thought before going to, back sure. to the Astor family. Uh-huh. It's, it's remained a rental building over the years, and, and uh, apartments are, are today are very well coveted, despite the fact that the building is in, in as great condition as, you know, people would like to see it restored back to its original grandeur. Um, but you know it's definitely desirable. Units don't come up in there very often, and when they do, it's kind of like you almost need to know somebody to get in. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I can say uh, it's definitely these these court interior courtyard buildings are definitely regarded as New York's most stylish courtyard. Um, and you know, I think that's all I really have in terms of. Uh, the Graham Court, but as far as you know, the Opthorpe and and the Bell Nord, the Opthorpe you've had celebrities, and I mentioned I can't even begin to list all of them. But mm. just as a sampling, Al Pacino, Conan O'Brien. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try and do a Pacino <laughs> invitation. Rosie O'Donnell, and those are just a few. The woman that wrote uh, "You've Got Mail" and uh, the one where they meet at the Empire State Building. I forgot the name of that one. Um, um, a little further north, and there's the other one, the the Bell Nord, and I've already mentioned a couple times, you know, its current celebrity status and pop culture. Um, but yeah, these are absolutely it's, it's, it's kind of reminiscent. Books. Some of these buildings, Bell Nord, these other ones, Apthorpe, it almost looks kind of British to me. It's got sort of a Buckingham Palace kind of feel, where you can just sort of drive into that. That initial little uh, courtyard there. I wonder. If- well, William uh, William actually has a, a British background and grew up in uh, in Lo- in the London area. Yeah. So it, it definitely makes sense that you know he tried to bring at least some of that 
kind of London, British, you know, feel uh, to New York. And ultimately, uh, his, uh, he rests permanently in London while the rest of the family uh, resides in, in Hamilton Heights and in, in the cemetery. Hmm. So, yeah, it, it makes sense that when you say that, but yeah, it definitely has that kind of fortress almost type of feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, Grand Court, very interesting building along 116th Street, you know, only a half all blocks from Central Park. Great location. Maybe one day it, it will wind up converting. Hmm. Well, thanks for all the information, Adam. I, I certainly learned a lot, and uh, I'm glad you took the lead on this one because <laughs> I, I've been to all these buildings, but uh, I certainly had no idea of the history, and the Astors were, were certainly a huge impact on New York City. Any, anyone who's... Uh, who's a New York City history geek, should certainly should learn about the Astors and their influence. Yeah, and, and just the continuing nature of like all of their connections. The Astors, the Shimmerhorns, the Roosevelts, <laughs> it, and I'm sure the list goes on you know, with all the people that they were close with. Yeah. But, but thank you so much for sharing your time with me. And, thank you. And, and we hope our listeners appreciate it as well. Thank you for joining us with Harlem Stories, for, and stay tuned for other further interesting episodes. All the best. Mm-hmm.